الحمدللہ وکفا وسلام علی عباده الذین استفا اما بعد اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا تخلو فی السلم کافا ولا تتبعو خطوات الشیطان انہو لکم عدو مبین سبحان ربک رب العزت اما یصفون سلام علی المرسلین والحمدللہ رب العالمین اللہم صلی علی سیدنا محمد وعلا آلی سیدنا محمد مبارک وسلم In the month of Ramadan many of us may have heard that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chains up all of the shayateen and many of us may have felt in that month of Ramadan that due, in addition to many, many reasons, this certainly was a major reason why we felt closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why we had the ability to engage in more ibadah. And then this begs the question that given that the month of Ramadan has ended and that shaitan and the shayateen have been unchained and unleashed, and again shaitan and the shayateen are again musallat, are coming upon us, then how is it that we can protect ourselves from shaitan? Because in the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us 29 or 30 days of training how we can control and subdue our nafs. Those of us who spent that month properly, we would now be much stronger vis-a-vis our nafs. Now it means after Ramadan, we should think how to make ourselves stronger vis-a-vis shaitan. In, in any case, in the deen of Islam, the second the month of Ramadan ends, the month of Shawwal begins. And from the first of Shawwal begins what we call in the deen of Islam, Ashur al-Hajj. The months of Hajj, a person can make niyat and wear ihram and leave their home from the very first of Shawwal and make their journey to Hajj. And traditionally, before the Muslim Ummah was blessed with airplanes and air travel, when people used to travel for Hajj, they would leave weeks or months in advance. And one of the ultimate features of Hajj is Rami, which means the pelting and stoning of Shaitan. And one of the climaxes and peaks of Hajj is that repudiation of Shaitan. So it means that in these months of Hajj, in this month of Shawwal, we should think about how to protect ourselves from Shaitan. Now Shaitan is unseen. He is unheard. And many times he is not discussed. And long time ago I had mentioned in front of you that one day we will have a talk on shaitan. And that day has come tonight, inshallah ta'ala. <laughs> Normally people don't like to talk about him. But any good strategist knows that you should know your enemy. You should study your enemy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said this exactly in the Quran al-Kareem. Ya ayyuhalladheena aamanudkulu fissilmikafa That, O you who believe, you should enter the deen of Islam entirely. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ And you should not follow the whisperings, mechanisms of shaitan. إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ أَدُوُّمْ مُبِينَ That indeed he is a clear, open, manifest, die-hard enemy to you. The way we normally explain this to people, we don't appreciate and understand how much enmity shaitan has. 
Imagine if you have somebody who you think is your enemy or somebody who you think is your family's enemy or perhaps you think Hitler was the enemy of the Jews infinitely more than any of the enmities that have ever existed between any two human beings infinitely more than that is shaitan's enmity for each and every believer the enmity that shaitan has for a mu'min is more than hitler had for the jews more than pol pot had for the cambodians more than slobodan milosevic had for the bosnian muslims more than anyone you think alive on earth has enmity for the muslims infinitely more than any human being can have enmity shaitan has enmity for the mu'minin and how long does he have this enmity for he has had this hatred and hasad and envy and jealousy and spice and spite and malice and enmity for millions of years allahu akbar kabeera so now in this day and age if somebody has a small dushman they think they talk to their friends they plan some defensive strategy So why not plan some type of defensive strategy against the biggest dushman that we have which is shaitan. So it's important for us then we should reflect who is shaitan? How did he become shaitan? What exactly is his relationship with us? And how can we protect ourselves and preserve ourselves from shaitan? All of you are very familiar with the famous story of how Iblis became shaitan. I will just highlight a few points of that. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this story in many different places in the Quran al-Karim but most interestingly Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned a lengthy dialogue that takes place between him and shaitan in three places in the Quran surah Swad surah Al-Hijr and surah Al-A'raf As all of you know Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala created Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala called all of the angels to witness that act of creation and make sajda to Adam alayhi salam then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala also called one representative from the jinn whose name was Iblis he was called as the ambassador and representative of all the jinn and also because he had spent so many millions of years prior to this event in ibadah and worship that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala had let him hang out with the angels Sometimes he is referred to in Arabic as Ta'us al-Malaika as the companion of the angels as the likeness of the angels as the comrade of the angels and as all of you know Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded all those present in that gathering to make sajda the angels because it's not in their ability to disobey a direct command certainly when Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam the angels asked that oh Allah what are you doing <laughs> this is some type of creation that is going to create fasad on earth this is a creation that is something also has the propensity and potential for evil in it why would you want to create such a creation when you have us the angels who have only good this is a type of creation that you are giving and endowing with free will and the freedom to disbelieve and disobey in you why would you want to create such a creation when you have us who only and always believe and obey in you so certainly they ask these questions But when Allah Subhanahu's direct order and command came to make sajda all of the angels because that is the way they are they have freedom to think and to ask and to question but they don't have the freedom to disobey Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala so they automatically obeyed and fell into sajda Iblis being jinn had that freedom to disobey and he chose to exercise that freedom and he didn't make sajda to say na Adam alayhi salam 
So all of the angels made sajda to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. How does Allah subhanahu describe this act of Iblis not making sajda? Allah subhanahu says in Quran, Aba wastakbara wakana min al-kafirin. Aba, the first word means he rejected, he denied, he refused the commandment of Allah subhanahu Wastakbara, and then he had to cover on top of that. It's very important, many times people think that shaitan refused the command because he had to cover. No. Shaitan refused the command because he had hasad, he had envy for Sayyidina Adam After refusing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions he had to cover. This is a particular type of takambar. And this is that type of takambar that when a person disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they feel justified in doing so. They feel they have a valid reason and excuse in doing so. And therefore, therefore they feel absolutely no shame, remorse or regret whatsoever in that act of disobedience. If someone is to ask them that why are you doing this when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to do it otherwise, why are you doing this? When the Quran and Sunnah say otherwise, they give their reasons and they feel justified in doing so. This is a particular type of takambar. Many times the most common lesson that people mention in this ayah is that shaitan was worshipping for millions of years and those millions of years of ibadah didn't help him at all. Now that doesn't make such an impact on our hearts because we are not people who worship millions of years anyway. <laughs> so if that is the lesson to be learned, that if you have a lot of ibadah, you can still fall. Most of the young men and women will think, well, I don't even have that lots of ibadat. Anyway, the second lesson, however, is a very big lesson for us that what is going to happen to us when we choose to reject and deny the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we feel justified and remorseless in doing so. That is the asal link that shaitan is trying to make. Shaitan wants that human beings should become like him. That means that not only should they become distant from Allah and disobedient to Allah, but they should feel justified and proud in doing so. Whether they do so in the name of modernism, they do so in the name of reformism, they do so in the name of liberalism, they do so in the name of secularism, they do so in the name of nationalism, they do so in the name of Marxism, they go all the way and do so in the name of agnosticism or atheism, but they should feel absolutely content and proud and firm on their disobedience. They should have a deep intellectual, philosophical grounding for their disobedience, which makes them absolutely disobey Allah without any hesitation and without any regret. That's what shaitan wants. And because that is his shaitanic attribute, that is the shaitanic sifat. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes then, first about, he denied and rejected the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, takbara and he had takambur, so what was the result of that? وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ Interestingly, Shaitan does not disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this moment. It's not that he becomes an atheist. He's looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? He's not an atheist or an agnostic at this moment. He is in a state of ru'yat didar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he is called amongst the kafirin because knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists and disobeying him is the ultimate type of kufr. It's even more ultimate than atheism and agnosticism. This is the type of kufr that shaitan wants the mu'min to fall into. Because the mu'min knows Allah ta'ala exists. The mu'min believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like shaitan knew Allah ta'ala exists. 
So the shaitanic kufr is to know Allah exists but to disbelieve Him. Or to know Allah Ta'ala exists but to disobey Him. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. Then He became permanently, eternally amongst the kafirs. Then, in these different conversations and dialogues that take place between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and shaitan. So first in Surah Swat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks Shaitan, Astagbarta am kunta min al That is it that you have adopted the kumbar? Or are you amongst the people who view yourself to be higher and exalted? Ali. And Shaitan responds, Kaal, Shaitan responds, Ana khayrum minhu. That I am better than him. Gives a justification. You know what you say in Urdu? Tak jawab dena. Can you imagine? Allah ta'ala ko tak jawab dena. Now, shaitan did it with his words, me and you do it with our lives. Allah Ta'ala has the Muslim call out, As-salatu khairam min an-nam, I'm tucked jawab deyte and we keep sleeping. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Lakad kana lakum fi rasulullahi uswatun hasana, that you have in the Prophet some a beautiful example. I'm tucked jawab deyte and we like to adopt a different type of lifestyle. We have our own views as to what is beautiful. We have our own dictates and mandates of fashion, culture, society. Right? At least Shaitan was honest about it. Right? At least Shaitan verbally said it. How is he better? He said, Khalaktani min narin, that Allah Ta'ala, you made me from fire, wa khalaktu min and you made him from the elements of the earth. You made me from the elements of fire, thermal energy, and you made him from the elements of earth. He's made up of calcium bones and iron in his blood and magnesium and zinc and copper and all of that. I'm better. Call Allah Subhanahu responded, "Fakhruj minha fa innaka That exit from my company, leave my presence, leave my auspicious court. Fa innaka Indeed, you are repudiated, rejected. Then Allah Taala added, "Wa inna alayka la'nati." That in indeed upon you is my curse. Means that I pick you up and put you outside the reach of my mercy. Never ever will my mercy ever focus itself on you again. Until the end of time, until the day of judgment. Call then Shaitan responded, Rabbi, O my Rabb. Rabbi. Fa'anzirni ila yawmin yub'athun. That, O oh my Rabb, give me some stay, some respite, until that day in which you will resurrect all of humanity. The Mufassirun wrote that because at this moment, Shaitan said, Rabbi, my Rabb. That's why this dua was accepted. He made dua the same way the Anbiya made dua, with the word Rabb, and saying, my Rabb. You can see in Quran, a lot of the Anbiya's duas have been mentioned in Quran al-Kareem, and they all called upon us with this word Rabb. So because he used that word, this is such a word that even Iblis, if he uses it, Allah subhanahu wa grants his dua. This is also a lesson for us, the mu'mineen, that Ya Allah, hum bhi to bilakhir aapko rab ke naam se pukarte hain. Agar Iblis ne ehen na farmani wakt rab aapko rab se pukar kar aapne unke bhi maulat diya. To agar hum gunah ke baad aapko rab se pukarte hain, hum bhi maafir na. This is the power of the word rab. Iblis called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Rabb. 
So Allah Ta'ala said, fine. All Allah Ta'ala said, فَإِنَّكَ مِنَ الْمُنْذَرِينَ You are amongst the people who have been given respite, stay, you will not be touched until the Day of Judgment. إِلَى يَوْمِ الْوَقْتِ الْمَعْلُومِ Until that day whose time has been appointed and known to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But Iblis was Iblis. Almost like a spoiled child when they get what they want from the parent and they go back to their naughtiness. So he called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this dua. He got what he wanted. Allah ta'ala said, okay, you've been given respite. Then he said, call. Shaitan said, فَبِإِزَّتِكَ He swore by the izzat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Akbar. This is the most level of kufr that you can imagine. Me and you could never dream like this that we would disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's izzat. Izzat, the honor and sanctity and maqam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iblis looks at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and says, Oh Allah, by your izzat. I will distract and destroy and despoil Ajmain, all of humanity. Ajmain. So if you want to understand how much of an enemy he is, this is his moment of declaring his enmity for me and you. Looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and swearing by the izzat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. Then, Shaitan even said, Strange thing. إِلَّا إِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَسِينَ Except ibadaka, those who are your ibad, who are your worshipful, worshipful servants, minhum from all of that humanity, al-mukhlasin, those who have ikhlas. Even he knew at that ultimate moment of enmity that he won't be able to distract and make those people go astray who have two characteristics, Ibadat and Iflas. Ibadat and Iflas. Anybody who has that, even Shaitan felt that he wouldn't be able to have that. Another conversation, very similar to this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Surah Al-Hijr. I was just Mention to you the extra part of this conversation. Most of the conversation is the same. Here, after Shaitan mentions this, the same thing, La ajmain, that I will distract all of them. Illa ibadaka minhumul exact same words, except those of who are your servants and who are people of ikhlas. Then later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to him one ayah later, Inna ibadi, that no shaitan indeed, my ibad, laysa laka alayhim sultan. That you will not have any sultan, you will not have any ability or power over them. Illa, except from those human beings, manittaba'aka. That those human beings, manittaba'aka, those who will follow you. Minal ghaween from those who were distracted and astray and deluded. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said, and for those people who follow you, وَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ لَا مَوْئِلُهُمْ 
Ajmai. And I will make a place called Hellfire, which will be the dwelling place for all of those who will follow you. In a third place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, again, same conversation. Here, Shaitan adds one thing over here. And he says, Thumma, again, much of the words are the same, just the extra words here. And this is in Surah Al-A'raf. Thumma la'atiyannahum min bayna aidihim wa min khalfihim wa aymanihim wa an shama'ilihim. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's, he's saying to Allah subhanahu Iblis is saying that I will accost them, affront them, attack them from in front. I will attack them from behind. I will attack them from their right. And I will attack them from their left. And then he says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, And you will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the vast majority of them are ungrateful, unthankful of you. They won't have shukr. And then here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, That you should leave me. So here you have three conversations between Iblis and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where he has made clear his die-hard enemy, enmity for us. So if nothing else, that mu'min who wants to be the lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take up shaitan as an enemy because of the way shaitan treated our Allah. You see now, if somebody talked to your father like this, if somebody talked to your mother like this, you would become their enemy. You would become upset with them. Iblis talked to our Allah spout about this. This is even more offensive to us. Not just that Iblis said this about us. That also offends us. That he said that he has these dastardly plans for us. But that Iblis talked to our Allah spout about this. So we should feel upset with Iblis. We should feel enmity for Iblis. This is why Allah spout says, فَاتَّخِذُوهُ أُدُوبَ that you should take him as an enemy. Not only is he Mubin, an open, manifest, die-hard enemy of yours, you should take him as an enemy. You should have enmity for him. Because of the way he talked to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just like in this world we never want our enemies to succeed, we should never want Iblis and Shaitan to succeed in his mission and his quest to make us astray. We should never want to be part of the people whom he fulfills this pledge. We should never want to become amongst those ungrateful ones. Lest Iblis take pride of us in front of us on the Day of Judgment. You see, there will be some people on the Day of Judgment that Sayyidina Rasulullah some will be proud of. And there will be some mu'minin on the Day of Judgment that Iblis will be proud of. He <laughs> will say, look, these are the ones that I said I would distract. These are the ones who I said I would ignite against you. These are the ones who became like me. They disobeyed you, Allah Ta'ala, and they felt completely justified in doing so. So we should never ever want that we should be such a person or on the Day of Judgment that Iblis should claim us. Rather, we should want that on the Day of Judgment, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and Sayyidina Rasulullah himself should claim us.
Now, what are the powers that have been given to shaitan? And how is it that shaitan goes about his business of dragging us astray? First, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has empowered shaitan to such a level. First, I will give you some things in hadith, then I will give you what is mentioned in Quran. In hadith it comes that shaitan has been empowered with the following things. Number one, that shaitan does not need food or drink. Number two, shaitan does not need to sleep. In other words, 24 hours unwaning energy. He does not tire, he does not fatigue, he does not sleep, he does not rest, he does not eat, he does not drink. 24 hours dedicated enmity to mu'minin. Second, as you already know, he's been given extremely long life. He'll be alive until the end of time. Death will not overcome him. Third, he has been made invisible. Invisible, you cannot see him, you cannot hear him, you cannot feel him, you cannot smell him. Illa mashallah, 99.9% of humanity will not be able to detect him in any way whatsoever. Number four, he has been given awlad, just like Sayyidina Adam a.s. was given a progeny and descendants. Just like that, Iblis has been given a series of progeny. These are known as the shayateen, who will help him, who will assist him. The muhaddisin say that these could number in the thousands, these could number in the hundreds of thousands, these could number in the millions. And in one hadith, Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that every human being has a shaitan. Every human being has one shaitan attached with them. So what does that mean? If there are six billion human beings alive on earth, then there are at least six billion shaitan. Allahu Akbar. And number five, shaitan has been given the power of waswasa. Shaitan has been given the power of waswasa. He is able to whisper and insinuate and plant a thought in a person's heart and mind. How does he do that? This comes in Quran. So Surah An-Nisa, ayat number 120. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that number one, Shaitan makes promises, he makes false promises to us, and number two, he creates false desires inside of us. He whispers to us promises of good, of benefit, of wealth, of advantage. And so we get allured and attracted by his promises. And then he puts false desires inside of us. He makes us have desires and cravings for things that are actually fallen to sin. Then, in another ayah, in Surah Al-Inam, ayah number 43, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that there is a group of people. It's very interesting to reflect upon what's going on in this country as well. That if only when a difficult time came upon them, and here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically is referring to hunger and want and poverty and strife, if only when that difficult time had come upon them, تَذَرَّعُوا they had become humbled and turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Walakin, but they didn't do that. Qasad kulubahum, their hearts became hardened. Wazayyana lahum shaitan. And shaitan made attractive to them. He made muzayyan to them. He gift wrapped to them. Ma kanu ya'madun, what they used to do. So what it means is shaitan gift wraps our sin. Shaitan makes the things that we do look beautiful to us. So the first thing that he did was he made false promises. Second thing that he did was he inculcated false desires in us. And the third thing is he adorns and makes attractive the acts of sin that we do. In another ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, فَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ And shaitan makes attractive muzayyan the acts that they do. فَهُوَ وَلِيُّهُمْ And shaitan becomes their wali. وَلَهُمْ أَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ فَهُوَ وَلِيُّهُمُ الْأَيَوْمَ وَلَهُمْ أَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ That he becomes their wali. And those people who take shaitan as their wali, they will have a inflicting terrible, painful punishment on that day. Next thing that is mentioned in Quran that shaitan does. Allah subhanahu wa says in Quran, this is Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah number 91. Inna ma shaitanu, that indeed shaitan's deep desire, that he should place between you enmity. He sows the seeds of enmity and discord between people. He wants brother to be against brother, friend to be against friend, fellow students of the same ustaz to be against one another, fellow students of the same sheikh to be against one another, fellow mu'mineen to be against one another, two followers and lovers of the Prophet to be against one another, that he places the seeds of discord and enmity between you. And, and he tries to involve you in liquor and gambling. And, and he tries to keep you away from the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, now you understand why the mashaykh and awliya stress so much to do zikr. Clearly that thing which shaitan is going to try to take away from us must be something that is going to be a benefit from us. وَيَسُدُّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَعَنِ That he tries to keep you away from the zikr of Allah and from salah. Here the Mufassirun have written that why did the word zikr come first? Because normally salah is farz and zikr is nafah. Here it's that Allah subhanahu wa is giving an ishara that the way shaitan keeps a person from namaz is by keeping them from zikr. That that person who does not think about Allah, that person who is not remembering Allah, that person who has no recollection of Allah, that person won't pray. So clearly that's also a message for us that that person who is firm on their zikr, that person who is constantly remembering and thinking and recollecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person will be steadfast in their prayer. Another way it's been taken is that shaitan will make a person's prayer empty of zikr. That he will take away the zikr from their prayer. Then when the person starts praying a prayer empty of the remembrance of Allah, then that person will himself stop praying. You will find that you will never be able to find a person lazy in their prayer who is able to remember Allah Ta'ala in their prayer. 
it's only those people who are unable to feel the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala in their prayer that become lazy in their prayer. They become inter- uninterested in their prayer. They can skip their prayer. They can miss their prayer. Why? Because their prayer was empty of the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. In another ayah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions the same thing. فَأَنْسَاهُمْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ That shaitan makes you forget the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa He makes you forget the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa Some of the mufassirun have mentioned that this is also referring to that shaitan who is trying to work on the salik mu'min. So that mu'min who is trying to come close to Allah subhanahu wa that mu'min who is trying to learn zikr, that mu'min who has been taught some zikr askar to do, some du'as to do, some istighfar to do, durud salawat to do, shaitan goes to that person and number one tries to make them forget zikr. So now it means that the salik shouldn't feel that when I forget my zikr, it was my own laziness or it was my own business. They should be scared that what if I'm the mizdaq of this ayah, فَأَنْسَاهُمْ ذِكْرَ اللَّهِ That shaitan makes them forget the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, more strongly, two more things that shaitan does is he leads people astray, leads them away from their iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Araf, ayat number 175. That those people to whom Allah ta'ala says that we have sent our signs, فَانْسَلَخَ minha. That they turn away and they spurn away from Allah Ta'ala's signs. They reject and turn away from the signs of Allah. And they do ittiba, they choose to follow shaitan. فَكَانَ مِنَ الْغَاوِينَ And these are the people who go astray. So that person who turns away from the signs of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the creation, in the universe, in this world, then they end up following shaitan. Another ayah of Allah mentions, وَمِنَ nasi That there are some, some Surah Al-Hajj, ayah number 3, that there are some people from humanity. مَنْ يُجَادِلُ فِي اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ ilmin. They debate with one another about the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مِنْ غَيْرِ ilmin Without having knowledge. <laughs> the atheists of this world. وَمِنَ nasi That there are going to be some people from humanity. That they make mujadala, they make argument, debate, disputation concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't have knowledge. So what will they become? They will become people who follow every single one of the shayateen. That is what they will end up becoming. So these are all of the things mentioned in the Quran of Kareem that shaitan will do to distract a person. But the upshot of this is in a fascinating ayah in Surah Ibrahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another conversation of shaitan. And this is a conversation in the future. What shaitan will say on the day of judgment? What shaitan will say on the day of judgment? وَقَالَ shaitanu, And shaitan will say, لَمَّا كُذِيَ amru That when the matter will be decided, I am the day of judgment. When all of the world will be wrapped up, what will shaitan say? He will address the people who followed him. That know that 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had pledged to you and promised you the truth. وَوَأَدْتُكُمْ And I pledged to you something that was completely false. Allahu Akbar. And then he will say to them, وَمَا كَانَ لِيَا عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ إِلَّا أَنْ دَأَوْتُكُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ That I had nothing over you. All I did was I made da'wah to you and you followed me completely. I made da'wah to you and you followed me completely. فَلَا تُلُومُونِي وَلُومُ أَنفُسُكُمْ This is a classic line. فَلَا تُلُومُونِي Don't you dare blame me for anything. <laughs> On the Day of Judgment. Don't you dare blame me for anything. وَلُومُ أَنفُسُكُمْ Go blame yourselves. The shaitan will tell people this on the Day of Judgment. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Now, the question arises in a person's mind, if we can make all of this simpler, what is it that shaitan does? So I'll simplify all of this for you. Shaitan has two master tricks he uses on a human being. One is hasad and the second is hirs. The first is hasad and the second is hirs. He tries to make a person feel envy. And the second hirs, he tries to make a person feel greed. Greed isn't just necessarily for this world. Greed means an insatiable, unquenchable desire for something. It may mean for money, it may mean for status, it may mean for career, promotion, rank, it may mean for fame, it may mean for anything in this world. But shaitan uses this emotion of hairs to make a person uncontrollable. So either if a person is in a state of hasad, in a state of anger, inflammated envy and jealousy for a person, or a person is in a state of hirs, when they're in one of these two states, they're not able to stay away from sin. So these are the two most oft-used weapons of shaitan. Where did the ulama get this from? They said that hasad got shaitan himself out of Jannah, and he used hirs to get Sayyidina Adam al-Islam out of Jannah. Hasad was the sin that got himself out of Jannah, and hirs was the sin or the feeling that he got Adam al-Islam. You see, what happened was he whispered to Sayyidina Adam these false promises that if you eat from the fruit of this tree, you will be able to live in Jannah forever. And that was the hirs, the deep desire of Sayyidina Adam So he uses hasad or hirs. Hasad is more naked, ugly type of sin. And hirs is a very gift-wrapped, soft sin that a person can delude themselves into. Then some mashayikh have mentioned that there are six things that shaitan does particularly to a mu'min. Number one, that he tries to prevent them from doing a'mal as-salih. Tries to prevent them from doing a good deed. Number two, if they make intention to do a good deed, then number two, shaitan tries to get them to delay that good deed. They make intention to go on hajj, delay it, you can go next year. All of a sudden they get this idea in their mind, that let me pray isha. Shaitan tells them you can delay it, it's okay. It's only eight o'clock. You can pray Isha later. Tells the student, you can keep studying. It's plenty of time. You can play Isha before you sleep. That will never happen. 
You have to be a big wali of Allah SWT to pray Isha right before you sleep. Because you'll be very sleepy. <laughs> you won't be able to pray Isha when you're sleeping. You'll fall asleep. So he will try to make you delay a good deed. A person is about to leave for Jummah. He'll make you look at the clock and say, No need to go early, let alone on time. You have 10-15 minutes left. He will make you delay a good deed. He'll put in your heart after you do a sin. You feel bad, you think you should make Tawbah. So you delay your Tawbah. Do that sin one or two more times. Since you've done the sin, Midas will get more pleasure and benefit from it. Allahu Akbar. He makes you delay. Third, is that if a person intends to do a good deed and doesn't delay it, is able to fight the second battle, save themselves, doesn't delay it, then once you start it, he makes you hasten in it. Once you start, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> he makes you hasten it, hurry in it. If you end up showing up for Jaman time, he'll make you jet right afterwards. If he may do anything that is good, he will make you hasten. So much so that the Mashaikh mentioned that there are only five things in which haste is good and all other haste comes from shaitan. There are five things which you should hurry and anything else if you hurry in it, it comes from shaitan. Number one is marriage. You should hurry up and get married. Allahu Akbar. You should hurry up and get married. Number two is you should hurry up and do your faraiz. Number three, that you should bury the dead quickly. Number four, that if a guest comes, you should host him and you should cater to him and you should feed him quickly. And number five, if you make a sin, you should make toba quickly. These are the only five things to do quickly. Anything else in life, that quickness, haste is coming from shaitan. Here, the third thing was that if a person manages to do something, shaitan makes us hurry in it. Four things, if a person manages to do it, doesn't delay it, and doesn't hurry in it, then the fourth attack shaitan will use is he will make that person feel riya, feel ujuk, will make that person feel proud of what they did. That I did such a good amal, I did it on time, minne aaj kitna achha jumma ki namaz pade. Right? If a person shows up early for jumma, sits for all of jumma, after Jummah prays all of the sunnahs, instead of feeling humble and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, Ya Allah, you're so kind that you allowed a sinner like me to offer one ibadat of yours with all of its adab in the noble and excellent way, shaitan will make a person feel riya and ujjah. And after that, if a person somehow is able to even do that act of worship without feeling any riya, riya means showing off, without any ujub, without being proud, self-congratulatory, then the last thing shaitan will put waswasa in his mind that people should notice. That you should get some worldly fame and praise. That people should praise you for your good act of ibadat, for your good act of piety. So the last attempt shaitan will make will make a person want praise. Sometimes a person asks a question that why does shaitan exist? After hearing all this, right? Right? That why in the world did Allah SWT have to make shaitan? It could have been enough being against my nafs. That was enough of a contest for me in this world. Good and evil could have been me against my nafs. That enough is a big enough battle for me. 
Why does shaitan with all of these powers and all of these abilities mentioned in Quran, all these abilities mentioned in Hadith, why does shaitan exist? Here the Mufassirin have also given several answers. Number one, is they said that shaitan exists because the existence of shaitan has a hidden mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in it. That when a person turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah and dua, and says, Ya Allah, I was deceived and duped by shaitan. And I fell into that sin. I ask your forgiveness, Allah, for allowing myself to be allured and deceived by shaitan. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy gets an excuse. That this person, their sin was due to shaitan. Just like if you have somebody who does something wrong to you, and they come to you and say, no, it's because of this person. So you'll be more forgiving. You say, okay, you didn't really want to hurt me. Was that other person, he put you up to it. You see, he put me up to it. So, okay, if he put you up to it, I can forgive you quicker. I can forgive you easier. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy can also come easier and quicker on that person because Allah ta'ala will feel that shaitan put him up to this. This is why in the Quran al-Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in different ayat attributes the sin to shaitan. فَأَزَلَّهُمُ shaitan. When about Sayyidina Alwas and Hawar Allah Ta'ala says that Shaitan led them astray. فَأَنْسَاهُ shaitan And Shaitan made him forget. So Allah Ta'ala attributes the sin to Shaitan and is able to forgive insan quicker. Second benefit is that without having this en- enemy and without having this evil, Sayyidina Adam Alayhi's children would not be able to triumph in good. In other words, it's an opportunity to succeed. Every test, right, certainly it presents an opportunity to fail, but it also presents an opportunity to succeed. So by having this external enemy and inciter to evil, all of Bani Adam were given the chance, if they made themselves from those ibad and those mukhlisin, from those pious and sincere worshippers, that they may be able to get the special reward and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here I want to make clear that the Islamic concept of shaitan is very different from the Christian concept of shaitan. And broadly speaking, there are three major differences between Islam and Christianity. And if a person understands them, you can really see the when it, three major differences when it comes to this issue. A person can see the beauty of the deen of Islam. First difference is that Christianity teaches that human beings were born in a state of original sin. Islam says human beings are born in a state of original purity. Second difference is that Christianity says that the only means of salvation is through Isa al-Islam. Deen of Islam teaches that no, you can make tawbah directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive you. And third difference which is relevant to today's topic is that Christianity teaches that the battle between good and evil is between God and shaitan. And Islam teaches that there's no way shaitan can battle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The battle between good and evil is between insan and shaitan. It's a very big difference. Christianity thinks there's the force of good that is called God and a force of evil that is called Satan. And good and evil, God and Satan are in contest. Islam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far above any being contesting him. Yes, there is a battle between good and evil, but it's not between God and shaitan. It's not between Allah subhanahu and shaitan. It is between insan and shaitan. It is between Bani Adam and shaitan. Between Adam and Iblis and Bani Adam and Bani Iblis. That is where the battle of good and evil comes. 
Now, the main feature, how to protect ourselves from shaitan. Alright. First, what to do when shaitan assaults to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran al-Kareem, وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ That whenever shaitan tries to attack you, فَاسْتَئِذْ بِاللَّهِ That you should seek the refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَاسْتَئِذْ بِاللَّهِ You should seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ He is all listening, all knowing. So if you say Audu Billahi Minash Shaitan, he is listening to you. And even if you're not able to say it for some reason with your tongue, but you feel it in your heart, Alimun, he knows that you're seeking his refuge in your heart. So the first thing is what we call ta'awwuz to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of you know, even when we recite Quran, such a noble act, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us in Quran that we should first say Audu Billahi Minash Shaitan Raji. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to seek refuge in you. In this noble act of reciting Quran. So just imagine that that deen that teaches us that we must seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when reciting Quran. How much refuge must we take in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from shaitan when walking around, when walking around campus, when walking around a co-ed workplace, when walking around the bazaar, when walking through this dunya, when being tempted with the dunya, when being accosted with the media and fashion and culture of the dunya, how much refuge we must seek in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we are taught that we must seek refuge in Allah when reciting Quran from shaitan. So the first thing is to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this can be done as simply by taking the name of Allah. A'udhu billahi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants even if we just take the name of Allah Ismi Azam, Ismi Jalala Just the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough to dispel all of the shaitan This is why the mashayikh have always tried to attach people closely and deeply To the zikr of the name of Allah Because that person who is attached to the name of Allah The Ismi Azam, Ismi Jalala, Allah That name is sufficient to dispel shaitan And all of the shaitan the second thing that's been mentioned in the hadith is that a person should recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Whenever a person feels that shaitan is planting waswasa inside of us How does a person know whether shaitan is planting waswasa inside of us or if it is my nafs Some bad thoughts come from our own nafs and some bad thoughts come from shaitan So the first sign is this that if a bad thought comes to us and we say "Audu billah" or we say "La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah" and the thought goes away, that itself is a sign that this thought was coming from shaitan. If it doesn't go away, then that means the thought was coming from the nafs. Second, before we said "Audu billah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah," if different thoughts keep coming to us from sin. So one thought of sin comes, we don't do amal on it. Then a different thought of sin comes, we don't do amal on it. A third different thought of sin comes, we don't do amal on it. Those thoughts coming repeatedly but differently, that's a sign it's from shaitan. Whereas the nafs comes up with a thought of sin and the same thought keeps reoccurring to it. The nafs keeps mentioning the same thought. The nafs keeps thinking and desiring the same thing. 
That's a sign it's from the nafs. So you get a thought in your mind, you take it out. Then the same thought comes again, you take it out. Then the same thought comes again, you take it out. That's a sign that it's coming from the nafs. The first way was to seek refuge in the name of Allah. The second way was to say, La hawla wa la quwta illa billah. The third mechanism is to make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Quran, Inna alladheena taqo That indeed those people who have taqwa, إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ تَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ That when a group from the shayateen touch them or penetrate them or send waswasa on them, insinuate on them. Tadakkaru, They make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then they will be saved. So the Quran says that whenever shaitan tries to affect us, we should remember him. Whenever we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will dispel all of the shayateen. In contrast, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Rahman." That that person who leaves the zikr of the All-Merciful One, نُقَيِّذُ لَهُ shaytanan, That we appoint for them a shaytan. فَهُوَ لَهُ And that shaytan will become kareen, will become attached to him. That person who leaves the zikr of Rahman, Allah Ta'ala says he himself will appoint for that person a shaytan. And that shaytan will be kareen, that shaytan will be close to him. So zikr is our major line of defense. Fourth way. So first was to take the name of Allah. Second was to say, La hawla wa la illa billah. Third was to make zikr. Fourth is to leave bad company. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran. That after a group of people were made to forget something by shaitan, وَإِمَّا يُنْسِيَنَّكَ الشَّيْطَانِ فَلَا تَقْعُدْ بَعْدَ ذِكْرَ مَعَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ That after they made the zikr, فَلَا تَقْعُدْ They stopped sitting مَعَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ With the people who were unjust. They stopped sitting in those gatherings which shaitan used to affect them. They stopped going to those places in which the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala take place openly. You want to know whether the gathering, where are the gatherings of shaitan? The gatherings of shaitan is any gathering in which anything takes place against the will and wish and pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, against the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in such a way that people don't feel shameful. The unrepentant, unhesitant disobedience of Allah, that is a gathering of shaitan. So the fourth way then that is being mentioned to save us is by leaving the bad company. The fifth way Allah SWT mentions in Quran is that we should not fear shaitan in any way, but we should only fear Allah SWT. إِنَّمَا ذَلَكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ That indeed this is shaitan and he tries to make you afraid. He tries to make you afraid. فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ You should not be afraid of them. You should not be afraid of the awliya of shaitan. وَخَافُونِي Allah Ta'ala says you should be afraid of me in kuntum mu'mineen if indeed you are believers. So to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
is another way, the last way, that we can save ourselves from shaitan. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, finally for tonight, we will mention some ayat of hope. This has been quite an t- intense bayan. You can see from the faces used to us talking about love for Allah, used to us talking about the mercy of Allah. Aaj shaitan ki sare baatein aage. Log pereshan. So, there are some signs of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us in the Qur'an. Some incredible signs. And actually, whether it is the month of Ramadan or whether any month of our life, the whole purpose of our existence is to try to attract the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned His special mercies upon certain people when it comes to this issue of shaitan. If we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we make use of all of these mechanisms, if we make zikr, if we follow the Quran, we follow the sunnah, and if we make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek His mercy, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised in the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran al وَلَوْ لَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ That if it was for not for the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you, if it was for not for the grace and generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you, وَرَحْمَتُهُ And the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you, لَتَّبَعْتُمُ shaitan. All of you would be following shaitan, إِلَّا قَلِيل Except for a few of you. So we can make use of this eye in dua, Ya Allah, you said in Quran that if it wasn't for your fuzzle and your rahmat, all of us would be following shaitan except for Khalil. So certainly because we do have your fuzzle and your rahmat, because you are the fadlin azim, you are the fadlin al-mu'mineen, because you are arhamar rahimeen, because your grace and mercy is coming on the mu'mineen, then kathir, the masses of us should be free of shaitan. In a second ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, same thing, Ya ayyuhalladheena amunu la tattabi'u khutuwaatu shaitan. That you who believe you should not follow shaitan. Wa man yattabi'u khutuwaatu shaitan. And that person who follows the footsteps and the whisperings of shaitan, fa innahu ya'muru bil fahsha'i. He will command you to do things that are vulgar, wal munkar, and things that are repudiated. Wa lawla fazlullahi alaykum. وَرَحْمَتُهُ But if it was not for the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on you مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا No single one of you will get tazkiyah ever. So for those who are students of tazkiyah, purification of the heart, Islamic spirituality, they should reflect on this ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in the Qur'an al-Kareem وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا That if it was not for the fuzzle and mercy of Allah SWT upon us, none of us would have ever been able to purify ourselves of sin. Abada, we could have spent all eternity on our own efforts. Our own efforts would not have come to any avail. It's only the fuzzle and rahmat, the grace and mercy of Allah SWT. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يُزَكِّي مَنْ But indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can purify whomsoever He wants. وَاللَّهُ سَمِيُّ عَلِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all listening to the du'as of those who ask for His puzzle and rahmah. 
Allah Ta'ala is all listening to those who want him to do his tazkiyah. Alim, Allah Ta'ala knows in whose hearts are yearning for the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. In the final ayah, in which Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has mentioned his incredible mercy, in addition to those ayahs that I mentioned to you before about all those people whom Allah Ta'ala says are preserved from him, that Allah Ta'ala says, inna ibadi, laysa laka, inna ibadi laysa laka alayhim sultan. That indeed, shaitan, you will have no power and might over my ibad, over my servants. In one ayah, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned a phenomenal amount of his mercy. In this ayah, Allah Ta'ala mentions. This is about a group of people who were led away by shaitan. That indeed shaitan led them astray due to the things that they themselves did. They themselves did things, sins, disobedience. They themselves did things that made it easy for shaitan to lead them astray. But then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his forgiveness upon them. Inna Allaha ghafoorun halimun. That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafoor, is all forgiving. Is halim, is holds back his right to punish. Even when he was fully in his right to punish. This is what halim means. Even when that person was not deserving of his mercy. Even when that person was deserving of his wrath and punishment, Allah Ta'ala's Al-Hadim, he holds back that wrath and punishment and still sends his forgiveness and mercy on that person. So this is the ayah for us to take hope in, that Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, if we make tawbah to you on this night, certainly we are amongst those people, Biba'dim ma kasabu, that there are things that we ourselves did, due to which shaitan has had a field day with us. That shaitan has put enmity and discord in our hearts for one another. Shaitan has filled us with hasad for one another. Shaitan has filled us with hairs for everything in this world and all that it contains. Shaitan has gift-wrapped our sins and made us feel justified in all of our wrongdoing. Shaitan has put all types of waswasa and whisperings in our mind and in our thoughts. Shaitan has incited all types of unlawful lust and feelings and desires in our heart. Shaitan has been having a field day with us. And certainly he has been like this because of our own sins, our own failure to be firm on zikr, our own failure to remember you, our own failure to attach ourselves to your name, our own failure to make use of all of these sunnah teachings to protect us from him. Allah SWT, surely we are amongst those people. But Ya Allah, you said in the Qur'an al-Kareem, وَلَكَدْ anhum That indeed, verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent His afu, has sent His forgiveness upon them. إِنَّ اللَّهُ غَفُورٌ حَلِيمٌ That indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all forgiving. He is ghafoor. He is halim. He is soft and gentle and restrains Himself with His believers. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you protect us from shaitan and all of the shayateen, that you gave us the month of Ramadan, you trained us how to discipline ourselves against our nafs, but now all of the shayateen are unleashed again. They're all attacking us and afflicting us again. We feel the same hasad coming back into our hearts. We feel the same hirs coming back into our hearts. 
We feel the same thoughts of all those unthinkable things that we begged you in Ramadan that we never wanted to think again. We find all of those thoughts creeping back into us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we find those shameful thoughts coming into us. We find ourselves shamelessly thinking those thoughts again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are nothing but pawns in the place of shaitan. But Ya Allah, if your fuzzle and your grace come upon us, if your rahmat, your mercy comes upon us, Ya Allah, you can do our tazkiyah. You can purify us in such a way that Iblis and Shaitan will have no effect on us. Ya Allah, we beg of you on this night to accept this tawbah. We ask that you make us amongst your ibad al-mukhlaseen, amongst your true servants who are true to you, who you yourself said in Quran that Shaitan will have no might, no power, no ability over them. Ya Allah, we first and foremost seek refuge in you. Na'udhu bika, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman. We seek refuge in you, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman. Manas shaitan rajim From shaitan, the repudiated one. And we ask that you enable us to take him as our enemy. To learn these tricks and techniques to protect ourselves from him. We ask that you give us a life of purity, of sanctity, of sincerity. With this always spent in your worship and your obedience and your remembrance, and that you save us from even a single moment of falling into his whisperings and his deceptions. You save us from even for one second falling into his allure and his deception. Never let us feel justified in sin. Never let us feel proud in sin. Never let us feel that we have any excuse in sin. We ask that you save us from his attribute of takambur, his attribute of hasad, his attribute of hirs. And Ya Allah, just like our forefather, Sayyidina Adam salam, made dua to you after being deceived by him just once. He cried to you for years and years in tawbah. Rabbana zalamna anfusana. Ya Allah, we have wronged ourselves. We ask you to send your rahmat and maghfirah upon us. We ask that you accept our tawbah. And we ask that you protect us from shaitan as much as you protected Nabi Akreem sallallahu from shaitan. The same way that you made shaitan flee from the shadow of the path of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. We ask that you give us such strong iman that shaitan flees from us and flees from our shadow. Wa akhirat da'wana. And alhamdulillah, hiram bin alameen. Make the subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Allahumma salli ala sinuna Muhammad wa ala ali sinuna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Rabbana zanamna anfusana wa illam takfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin Rabbana ya Allah Rabbi Kareem zanamna anfusana Ya Allah we have wronged ourselves Ya Allah we have failed to take shaitan as the enemy that he is we fail to take shaitan as the enemy that you wish us to hold him. Ya Allah, we fail to take shaitan as the enemy that he himself declared himself to be. Ya Rabbi Kareem, zalamna anfusana. We have befriended him. Ya Allah, we have become amongst his awliya. Ya Allah, when we should have been amongst your awliya. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us for this sin. Forgive us for this transgression. Forgive us for this affiliation. Forgive us for heeding his call. Forgive us for answering his whispers. Forgive us for letting him come between us. Forgive us for responding to his feelings of hasad. Forgive us for letting him put this hirs on us. 
Forgive us for being attracted to sin due to his tazeen. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask you to protect us from shaitan. Ya Allah, we are weak and humble servants. We are your weak and sinning servants. We are your weak and needy servants. Ya Rabbi Kareem, only you can protect us from him. Ya Allah, we ask that you place us in your hifazah. We ask that you grant us all of those sifat and attributes that will put us in your hifazah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we too want to be amongst your ibad. We too want to be amongst the mukhlasin. Ya Allah, grant us that sifat of ibadat and ikhlas that protects us from shaitan. Grant us that zikr, Ya Allah, that will protect us from shaitan. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us that nisbat with your name, your ism azam, your ism jalala that will protect us from shaitan. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, protect us from his waswasa, protect us from his hasad, protect us from his hirs. Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from his fitna. Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from the fitna of the shayateen. And even those insan, Ya Allah, who are doing the work of shayateen, protect us from all of his minions, protect us from all of his friends, protect us from all of his allies, protect us from all of his supporters. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, you gave us the month of Ramadan, you help us to train our nafs. Ya Rabbi Kareem, but now the shayateen have been let loose again by you. They have been attacking us ever since. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you keep us in your hifazah. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah... We ask you to forgive us for each and every sin that we ever did. Ya Allah, whether it was due to our sin, shaitan, whether it was due to our nafs. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive us for all of those sins. Ya Allah, keep us away from the gatherings of shaitan. Keep us away from the gatherings that feed our nafs. Keep us away from the people who incite our nafs. Keep us from the people who are agents of shaitan. Ya Rabbi Kareem, keep us away from the qawm of zalimeen. Keep us away from everything and anything that can distract us from you. Ya Allah, keep us firmly attached to the gatherings of your love and remembrance. Enable us to befriend those who will enable us to befriend you. And Ya Allah, keep us away from befriending those who will make us befriend shaitan. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, Hamana Gunaa ko maaf farma dijay. Ya Allah, Jo Gunaa shaitan ki wajah se kiyen, Ya Allah, Woh bhi maaf farma. Jo Gunaa apne nafs ki wajah se kiyen, Woh bhi maaf farma. Ya Allah, shaitan ki dhoko se hume se mehfuz farma. Shaitan ki hatkando se hume mehfuz farma. Ya Allah, shaitan ki wasf se hume mehfuz farma. Ya Allah, hum tum bure khyalat ki dunya mein jee rahe hain. Ya Allah, in khyalat se hume najat ata farma. Hume ek paakiza soch naseeb farma. پاکیزہ خواہشات نصیب فرما پاکیزہ خواب نصیب فرما پاکیزہ تمنہ نصیب فرما یا رب کریم ہم ہر طرف سے یا اللہ ہر طرف سے مغلوب ہیں یا اللہ ہمیں شیطان نفس پر غالب فرما یا رب کریم یا اللہ ہمیں بھی اخلاص والی نعمت نصیب فرما تقوی والی نعمت نصیب فرما توبہ کی حقیقت نصیب فرما یا رب کریم توبہ تنسوح نصیب فرما یا رب کریم ہمیں بھی اپنے توابین میں شامل فرما اپنے محبوبین میں شامل فرما یا رب کریم یا اللہ کئی سال گزر گئے ہیں یا اللہ ہم شیطان کی غلامی میں جی رہے ہیں یا اللہ اب اب ہمیں اپنی غلامی نصیب فرما آپ کی حقیقی غلامی نصیب فرما ہمیں اپنے عباد میں شامل فرما یا رب کریم ہمیں سنت کو مضبوط کے ساتھ پکڑنے کی توفیق عطا فرما سنت کی محبت نصیب فرما سنت والی زندگی نصیب فرما سنت والی سوچ نصیب فرما سنت والے مزاج نصیب فرما سنت والے ادائے نصیب فرما 
رب کریم سنت کا نور نصیب فرما یا اللہ رب کریم ہم آپ کے اولیاء میں شامل ہونا چاہتے ہیں ہمیں اولیاء اور شیطان سے نکال کر اولیاء اور رحمان میں شامل فرما یا رب کریم یا اللہ جو بھی آپس میں دشمنی پیدا ہوئے ہیں حسدیں پیدا ہوئے ناجائز محبتیں پیدا ہوئے جو بھی صفات ہمارے دل میں آئے شیطان کی وجہ سے یا اللہ ان سب سے ہمیں پاک فرما ان سب کی افیات سے ہمیں دور فرما ہمیں صرف آپ کی خاطر محبت نصیب فرما آپ کی سچی محبت نصیب فرما ہمارے دل کو اپنی محبت سے لبریز فرما نبی کریم سسم کی سچی محمد نصیب فرما یا رب کریم ہم اس سب محبتیں سے توبہ کرتے ہیں جو آپ کی محبت کے منافی ہیں اور یا اللہ ہم ان سب محبتیں کی خاطر جینا چاہتے ہیں جس میں آپ کی محبت لکھی ہوئی ہے اللہ انا نس الکا ہم بکا محمب من یحبک محمب عمل اللذی یقربنا الیک یا رب کریم یا اللہ جو آپ سے محبت کرتے ہیں ان کی محمد نصیب فرما جو آپ کے محبوب ہیں ان کی بھی محمد ہمیں نصیب فرما جو آپ کے نبی کریم سسم کی سچی محبت کرتے ہیں ان کی بھی محبت ہمیں نصیب فرما اور جو آپ کے نبی کریم سسم کے ابدی محبوبین ہیں یا اللہ ان کی بھی محبت ہمیں نصیب فرما یا اللہ رب کریم یا اللہ امت مسلم پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما جو مظلومین متاثرین ہیں یا اللہ ان کی دل کی تسلی نصیب فرما یا رب کریم آپ تو ٹوٹے دل کو تسلی دینے والے ہیں یا اللہ ان کی دلوں کو تسلی نصیب فرما اور ہر مشکل کو صبر اور شکر کے ساتھ برداشت کرنے کی تفیق عطا فرما ہر مشکل اور ازمائش کو اپنا قرب اعلیٰ درجات ملنے کے سبب بنا یا رب کریم ہمیں ہمیشہ آپ کی یاد والی زندگی نصیب فرما ہر لمحہ ہر آن اپنے یاد نصیب فرما یا رب کریم دین اسلام کی جو بھی خدمت ہو رہی ہے جس میں آپ کی رضا ہے ان تمام خدمات کو یا اللہ اپنی قبولیت نصیب فرما دعوت دین کی خدمت تبلیغ دین کی خدمت علم دین کی خدمت تزکیہ کی خدمت ذکر اسکار کی خدمت یا اللہ ان سب کو اپنی قبولیت شرف فرما یا رب کریم اور حقیقی مجاہدین کو غلط مجاہدین پر غلبہ نصیب فرما جہاد کی حقیقی تصور کو غالب فرما اور جہاد کے نام میں جو بھی دھوکہ فریب ہو رہا ہے یا اللہ اس کو دفع دور فرما یا رب کریم اپنی ہدایت کو عام اور تام بنا دیجئے یا رب کریم امت مسلمہ کے نوجوان پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما یا رب کریم وہ ہر فتنے سے یا اللہ ہر دھوکے سے ہر فتنے سے ہر میرے سے یا اللہ وہ مخاطب ہیں یا اللہ آپ اپنی رحمت کا خطاب ان کو پہنچا دیجئے اپنے محبت کے خطاب ان کو پہنچا دیجئے یا اللہ ان کو دلوں کو اپنی رحمت و محبت کے لیے قبول فرما ہر قسم کے فتنہ اور غلط نظریہ کو ان سے محفوظ فرما یا رب کریم ہمیں اپنے دین پر پختہ بننے کی توفیق عطا فرما ہمیں فد خلوف سلم میں کافق مزداق بنا یا اللہ ہمیں ہمت نصیب فرما استقامت نصیب فرما یا رب کریم دین کی ہر کوشش ہمیں نصیب فرما یا رب کریم وی سیک ریفیوج ان یو فرام دا لیزنس آف آر ہارٹس فرام دا لیزنس آف آر نفس 
Ya Allah, from the excuses of our nafs, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us your strong mu'mineen. Make us your true and ardent mu'mineen. Make us your loyal and sincere mu'mineen. Make us your loving and devoted mu'mineen. Make us your devout and beloved mu'mineen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, all of those who have made plans to study ilm of the deen, Ya Allah, put barakah on their studies of ilm. Ya Allah, from your own ghibi khazane, Ya Allah, make an intizam for their teachers. Make an intizam for those who can guide them towards the ilm to bring them to the truest ilm of the deen. Ya Allah, put barakah in our time, put barakah in our day, put barakah in our night, put barakah in our lives, put barakah in our wealth, put barakah in our relationships. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are leading lives that are so empty of barakah that our lives are empty of ibadat, ilm and zikr. Ya Allah, we ask you to restore the barakah to our life, to purify us of sin, to grant us the barakah from taqwa and to grant us a life of ibadat and zikr and ilm. Rabbana takamal minna innaka anta samiul alim wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawabu raheem. وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين آمين